morning to you. What a great day to be in the house of the Lord. We're blessed to be here. We're in our series, and I think today ends that series of 2020, You and Yourself and I. It's really about you and how you see yourself, how you see life. Our, our other family series starts in February today. And today we have a panel that I'm going to be bringing before you with, with one question that I'm going to be asking them. And, um, and then we're going to take two or three questions from the floor, actually. So you can prepare yourself for a real question that you might want to ask, right? So let me, let me set this up for you. The hardest thing to do on earth is raise a family. <laughs> I'm telling you. The most difficult thing to do, the most difficult thing on the planet is not to get a job, get an education. It is to figure out your family. It is. And it's a never-ending job. You know, when you had the baby, maybe some of you haven't had babies yet, but you had a baby and you say, wow, when this baby is three or four, they're going to be walking, they're going to be feeding themselves. Like, I'm done. Then in elementary, one of these days, this baby is going to be able to study for themselves. So in middle school, you think you're done. Then you say, ooh, if I can just get them through high school, I am finished. They graduate high school, they go to college, and you're like, oh, I'm in college too. Then they start courting and dating, and you're like, finally, I'm going to give her or him to someone, and we'll be done. They get married, and now they're still washing at your house. <laughs> then they bring their grandkids and dump them on you all the time. It never goes away. <laughs> but this is the work of our lives. The work of our lives is to build families. So no matter how your family looks or how it feels today, we want to talk about your family, but from your perspective. So our title is Family Filters. Say Family Filters. Family Filters. So in what filter do you look at your family through? What do you see when you look at your family? How do you see it? How do you imagine it? What's the future for your family? That's what we're going to be talking about. And our surprise panel, I'm, I'm glad to have my entire family here today. So I want to welcome Pastor Nell, the queen of my nation, uh, Joshua and Callie. And I have a question for them. I got it. Yeah. And uh, in a moment, if you, they're rearranging it, so... I had it arranged like I wanted, but I didn't do it right. Yes, I did, but that's okay. I did. Go ahead, I got you. See, this is filters, see. Okay, fix it any way y'all like it. We didn't rehearse this. I don't know what's getting ready to happen. They don't even know what I'm getting ready to ask them. So this is what happens in our house. I set something up and they said, this is not right. We're just going to fix it the way we want it. They don't ask, did you want it this way? Okay, we good now. Okay, you can, you can be seated. Thank you so much. So, so from the filter and everyone understand, we're live, and I talked to Catlin. We still have our five-second thing. We can push the button and erase anything they say that we don't want to go out. <laughs> right? <laughs> but this is a question that I typically uh, 
I typically ask in our family meeting, and we have a family meeting once a year where we go away for five to seven days and just talk about us, what's going on in our lives, admitting things, praying for one another, and planning for the future. So what I want to know from my family, I want to know how do each one of them view our family? What's their filter of our family? What do they really think about our family? Now, for those of you who don't know the Williams family, um, we're pretty transparent and kind of open, and so I'm not sure how this is going to go. <clears throat> okay, so does, let me ask the question. So, uh, Pastor Linnell, Callie, Joshua, what is your filter of our family, the Williams family? How do you see it? What's your point of view, your perspective, and your introspection about the Williams family? So, I don't know which one of you want to go first. Yes, they're on. Um, okay, I don't know. I'm going to try to, like, work through this as I'm saying it because I think I know what I want to say, but it may have some holes. But this is how I see my family. It's kind of like... The essence of my family is like a relay race, but I think the Williams family is a lot like the baton. And I think it's very precious and it's very uh, protected. Like when you're running a relay race, like the baton is what matters. Like if I cross the, the finish line without this thing in my hand, uh, I, it doesn't do much. Like I need, um, the baton with me so but and like when you're running with the baton like you're seeing a lot of things you're seeing a lot of people you're going through a lot of stuff it may not feel good but you keep your baton you know what I'm saying like mm -hmm. for us like we're a family like we're the baton and when we're going through things like we're seeing a lot of people we're doing a lot of stuff it hurts sometimes like things get hard for everyone I'm not trying to but I'm just saying like I think that's how I see my family we're very but it and I think the most important part is when you like when you are running a race or a relay race like it's literally all for one and one for all. Like no one is by yourself. We all need each other. We all need the things we think we don't need. We all need the things that hurt us from, not hurt us, but just like. Disappointed. No, not disappoint. Just things that help us grow into who we are supposed to be. The chastisement, the challenge, the challenges, the yo, you can't wear that. Or bro, you can't say that. Like, or dad, like. Callie, take that off Instagram or what, whatever it is, like, even though you may not see it as useful, it matters. Does that make sense? That's what I'm trying to say. Like, I think, oh, I'm done. Um, for me, um, I base um, my role in the head of the house, which is the father, which would be Pastor Martin, uh, we have the parents and we have children. And I base it heavily on Proverbs 1, uh, 8 through 9. It says, my son, hear the instruction of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother. For they shall be an uh, ornament of grace unto your head and chains about thy neck. And so as parents, I feel that our we are obligated to instruct and to teach 
and to be in front of them what first we are teaching and <coughs> instructing. I, uh, you know, we all have heard the, the scripture, and I think it also is in um, Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child. Well, I, I came to understand a lot of people that I sit with, other mothers and fathers and family, we use that scripture, but train up is not just come to church. I've come to understand that a lot of families are in church across the world, including here. But training is not just attending. You literally have to make the effort consistently to teach and to train and to sit the family down. And thus, this is the reason for over 20 years, we have did our best to teach uh, this congregation about how to actually uh, execute a family meeting. And so I believe that parents must understand their role and that we must understand the roles of our children. Uh, we're talking from, you know, and, and I guess the, the disclaimer is we're only sharing with you about who we are and who we are becoming. And so I've based that heavily on that. And um, I hope we have other things that we could share maybe in, in conjunction to that just a little bit more. Hmm. You want to do it now? Oh, not really. Okay. Let the church say amen. Amen. I mean, just, okay. yeah. Um, so <clears throat> I guess for me, I see it through two different lenses. So the filter that I know that God has blessed me with, because God can bless you with things, but you really have to work on them in order to perfect them for yourselves. Like he gives you gifts, but you have to be able to do them well. And I think that my lens for our family is interpretation. Um, every time that I speak with anybody, especially my family, I try to look at them through the way that they are speaking and where they are speaking from rather than where I'm hearing from. Because nine times out of 10, where I'm hearing, my ears won't hear what their heart is saying. So it makes a lot of our conversations as a family extremely drawn out. Um, so like in our living room, um, a conversation where I've seen in other families where something will be said and it's like a bump in the road. And anybody ever been there? Like it's a bump in the road and like you just act like nothing happened. That doesn't fly at our home. So meaning, as soon as something like that happens, we all have this look, and if I asked them to do it, they could do it. But this is the look. When somebody says something, and you're just like. And then dad will usually say, okay, what was that? And then Callie will say, like, wait a minute. Like, we got we to gotta chew on that for a second. And what happens is, is that we chew on it in the moment because it's going to be impossible for us to interpret each other's hearts tomorrow. So looking through that lens of interpretation, I never we never take the opportunity to say you or it's because of you or what you did. It's always like, what happened? How are you feeling? Why do you feel this way? Where is that coming from? And that was something that was hard. And it's something that I know I haven't perfected, but through the grace of God, it's been a little bit easier in the past couple of years is seeing you from where you're saying it rather than what I'm hearing. Cause your words will always hurt. That's why we say in our house, like, hear what I'm saying, not what I'm saying. Because sometimes this, there's, I don't have any other way to interpret it. But if you hear my heart, what comes out of here, it, it'll always make sense. That's good. So, so for me, 
for me, I am, my lens is, are we together? Are we together? It's really all I care about. Can you unbox that? They're, they're waiting. Are we together? I don't care where you are, what you've done, what it looks like. Are we together? Just stick together. Stick together if you hate one another. <laughs> Just stay together. That's, that's my perspective and my view all the time. Well, such and such, that's fine. Are we together? Come over here, let's talk. Oh, let's sit down. Yeah. Let's explain. Well, they did something to me. No, tell us how you feel so that we can begin to identify who you are in our family. Do y'all know the, do you know the, the ways that you look at life? Mine is, are we together? Oh, you're talking about our life language? Yeah, your life oh, language. Let's go. What's yeah. your life language? Yeah, so my, my life language um, is influencer and shaper. No, what's your question? What's your what's one question? phrase? Oh, my, my, one, my one phrase is, are we hearing each other? Right. That's mine. Right. I am, are we together? Right. You are. My, mine is, um, I only want to hear the whole truth. Uh, trust us in our relationship enough. Please don't lie to me. That is the thing that... I am, you know, it's really strange. I'm the firstborn of three. Pastor Martin is yeah. the third youngest of 15. Josh, of course, is firstborn. Callie is second. So uh, for a firstborn, I can tell you what yours is. Daughter, yeah, we, tell yeah, me. We know what it is. Your, Linnell's viewpoint is simply this. Is it equitable? Is everybody doing their share? Is anything, un is anything being done that's unfair? And equity for you is also, is the scale, is the scale balanced? Right, right. that's how you look Absolutely. at it. Because if it's not balanced, we ain't balanced. Because if you don't have any skin in the game, and maybe that's just my uh, being the elder daughter, <laughs> uh, you really need to listen and not speak. Um, that's facts. That's facts. What'd you say? You didn't hear me? I was straightening out you the were kids. You listening. If you don't have any skin in the game. Put the mic up there. He said, if you don't have any skin in the game, you cannot speak here. You should no, listen. I'm just kidding. You remember from, <laughs> from Black Panther. Yeah. <laughs> okay, go ahead. So, um, it's, there's just so much in the DNA of this family. And no two families on this green earth are alike. So uh, don't try to take notes and say, I'm gonna try that, because it probably won't work for you. Because we have built a lifetime together of trying to assemble the train tracks of the William Knights. My brother and my dad helped me with mine. Mine is, what is the fact? Or what is the real issue? Like, because I think everything that happens up here, like the discussion and the heatedness and the firmness, it's like, nah, what's that? It's like, that's all cool and all, but like, where? Because that's where we need to be. Callie take you <laughs> to I the courtroom. I hate the fluff. It's like, the you're yelling and stuff, but what's, like, can we just, what are we 
What's yelling. the problem? Right. I want to know what that is. Can I share something? I don't know what that is. Really quick? Yes. So the cool thing about knowing how we all see each other, the filter, we're, we, and you might go here, and if you go here, just I'll, I'll stop. But we were able to create the rules of engagement in our family. And every family, I'm realizing, doesn't have those. So meaning, in conversations, if we're saying something and it hurts somebody's feelings, we all have the authority to say, like, hey, that's not fair. Like, like, you can't use that. And even though it may be valid and it may help you win the fight, it's automatically debunked and thrown out. And based off of those conversations, like, I know that I will not ever bring up Callie's school as an excuse for not talking to her, because that's not fair, because she's in school getting her degree. So I can never say, you don't talk to me because she's in school. Dad's thing, with his brain being all over the place, there are some days where silence to him is golden. So if I want to come to talk to him and he's meditating, I can't be upset saying, you don't make time for me, because that's not Jesus. fair. Jesus. It's not yeah, fair. That's a lot. It's not fair. If mom is in the middle of talking to me and I don't want to hear what she has to say, I can't interrupt her, even if she's wrong, because she does not appreciate being interrupted. So it's not fair. Even if, even if I'm justified or one of us is justified in certain conversations, it's like everybody has a knife and somebody brought an Uzi. That's not fair. Like so you brought a baseball bat to a stick fight. That's not, that's not fair. You can't, you can't use that. So yours again is... Uh, Mine is, like, are we hearing one another? Uh, do we hear and understand do, one like, another? Do you hear me? I am, are we all together? Mm. Right. Callie is? What's the facts? What's the facts? Just, what's the facts, ma'am? Tell the truth and the whole truth. And Pastor Nell is? Equity. Tell equity. the truth. What is the phrase then? Balance. Tell the truth. No. And the whole truth. No. And nothing but the truth. No, 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 yes. no. That's not, no. It's okay. No. Or forever. See, this, this, is the, this is the example. And may the Lord. This is the example. <laughs> That's tough. No. Yes, yeah, it's 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 it's, it's equity. What is fair? Have you done your part? Everybody has a part to play. So so if Callie's been taking out the trash, if Callie's been taking out the trash for three or so weeks, Pastor Nell will say, Josh, you need to take out the trash. No, that's facts. Let's just be honest. Yes. Because for you, Maybe it's... it's not the major one, but it's one. For you sure. can't get to square two okay. until you've gone to square one. Like, you like, even if I have Protocol the ability to jump to square four, you still got to go through two, three, I know, and four. I know. Protocol, Protocol. and an order. Protocol. Equity. Decency yeah. and order. Pull that yeah, scripture that's up. That's a better word for me. That's mom. Okay, so, so here's the rub. Here's the rub. In our meeting, my wife will say, my wife will say, such and so doesn't have skin in the game. They haven't done their part. They don't get to say. They don't get to do something. That's where she's coming from. But where am I at? We all got to be together. So here is an issue. That's good. They can't. They have to. No, but they can't. Oh, yeah. They have to. Here are the reasons they can't. I don't care bump about no reasons why they can't. They have to. Because if we allow one sliver to come between us, it'll get wider and wider and wider. So I'm saying we're all going to stay together. And because I am the father and my wife has a stronger personality and position than I do. You all know it. But because I'm the father, because I am the father... I'm going to be the strong one and say, this is what we're doing. I don't know where everybody is, 
but we're all going to stay together on this, even if we all have to compromise. That staying together is very key um, because I, I, I know I am privileged to love a lot of people and families, um, not just here in Omaha, but in our family, the stand together thing is paramount. <laughs> Nobody in our house get to walk out of the room. You don't, you don't sit around and we start and don't, talking. Then don't you bring no dude in our family that do that. Oh, And don't yeah. you bring no chick in our no, family you, that you, do yeah. that. That's what, tough. What I'm saying that's, is, no. that's, you, uh, that's like some that's families will shut no. down, <laughs> get mad and blow up. Guys, mm -hmm. that has never been acceptable. We ain't doing yeah. that. So we never, ever dealt with, even when they were toddlers, temper tantrums and all that. You heard about how we broke that curse in our house in a grocery store called Al Albertsons uh, down there on Saddle Creek with Josh, the firstborn. So it never carried over to the secondborn. So we never get there. Uh, you know, I just don't want to talk about that now. You know, blow up and, you know, like start even using the sob story, you're hurting my feeling, we gotta stay there until your feelings get healed. Right, yeah. But that's also really important because in our family meetings, there are no emotions. Um, one of the biggest rules that we have is objectivity. Let me, what meeting he be let me, in? Let me, <laughs> let me explain, let me explain. So in the beginning, as Callie was saying, there's a lot of dust because we're all, within our family, we all have something to say. And dad's biggest thing is you will have the, you are proven, you, you are innocent until proven guilty until so we allow you to speak. But at the end of it, but at the end of it, once we really get down to the nitty gritty, because somebody say nitty gritty. Nitty gritty. We literally tell each other, you do not have the, you do not have the opportunity right now to feel offended. Like you can't feel offended. So Callie will say, Joshua, when you say this, this is what I see. And I have to assume that the God in her sees the God in me. So when she tells me, Josh, you do X, Y, and Z, if I blow up at her, I'm just proving her point. Because after you have talked, after you have talked for two minutes, you're not talking to Callie. You're talking to Dragnet. I don't know if everybody knows. Dragnet. Just the facts, ma'am. So after two minutes, she's looking at you like, what are we doing? What is the problem? And because you like to... Make sure it's thoroughly, communicated. Thoroughly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My thoroughly. biggest thing is that you hear, did you hear what was being said? So like when you say something, we're all together. And then mom will say, well, nobody has to skin the game. To some people, it'll seem like an argument. Right. But it's literally communication because we've already set the rules. So my thing is at the end of the day, you're saying, are we all together? My biggest thing is what you wanted to say, have you said it? Right. And when you said it, did we hear it? Yeah. And what I said, did you hear me? And, and what I said, did you hear me? Right. And then what Callie's thing is, that's great, but what's the resolve? Two plus two equals, that's great, but where's the four? Like, it, like it doesn't make any sense. And dad's like, two plus seven equals four. We're going to make it work. We're going to come together. But so, so that's the truth, though, because, no, listen, though, because from where dad has come from, he's out. made everything out of absolutely nothing. Like, he, so, his, his, so dad doesn't have faith. He walks by it. So when he says, this time next year, we're going to be together, all, Callie's like, what's the fact? Mom's like, uh, but we haven't even done the steps to get there. And in my head, I'm like, well, I don't even know where you're going because I can't, I can't get a vibration on yeah. you. So once we understand the filters of one another, even if they blow up at me, my first question, we had this conversation yesterday. Remember that, Callie? Our there's a difference between saying what's wrong with you and saying, hey, are you okay? Your heart position. Yeah, your heart posture when we talk. My heart posture is standing up because I want to understand. 
Dad's heart posture is laying down because he just wants us all together. Mom's heart posture is a fist or something like that because she's just like, not to punch you, but like it's like the law and order. Like this is period. This is what it is. You gotta use your mark. Use your mark. Use your mark. Proverbs one. Honestly, um, now now we're we're laughing, but this is serious. It's the law. It's Um, the law. Don't be laughing when I'm trying to make a point. I can only come to this family from the family I came from. Now, um, are there? Now, now I didn't say a perfect family, but it was how I was raised, which was totally different. A lot of similarities in how my husband was raised. But um, it was different. And so we, the law, it says not, and, and do not forsake the law of your mother. That's teachings to engrave that on the tables of your hearts, your eyes, your ear, your soul, that when you are uh, far away from us, that you would have something to reflect on. And so um, what we are doing, and I realized this last night, that a We are in a church. We have been in a church all our lives, all four of us. And we we can't just hear the word and then decide to just believe the word. We have to practice the word that we have heard and the word that we believe. So I am so godly proud to be in a family that we actually make ourselves submit to the word of God. And the things that we've been taught. We don't get the uh, privilege of leaving here, going to an address on the other side of town, and live like somebody that wasn't here at the altar, Josh down on the floor, Callie with her hands raised up. We live what you see in front of you right now. And we provoke each other to good work. Seems like there were some more. So I would say that the, the filter, the biggest filter that I have, and I'm not just throwing this out because we're sitting in a church, is the Bible, the Word of God. <laughs> I'm sorry. Why are y'all laughing? I'm sorry. Because it's the truth. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I didn't think I would ever be saying it like that, but that's all I've ever been. The Bible has been my birth control. How many eggs you want? I, you know, the, I, don't really, Bible, I don't really want those eggs today. Well, you, you, know, know, can, you know, Martin, the Bible says. The Bible. That I'm like, you know, can we, can we. No, I, I'm not playing. It's just about breakfast. <laughs> it's not about the Let's Bible. Context. Uh, the Bible and, and how we, um, how the word is my filter is um, anything that Josh is dealing with or Callie or us in our marriage, which can get really tight sometimes, you know, um, it's the word. It's the most safest boundaries in the world because when it all said and done it's not my way not his way and I like what um, Callie gave us a little drawing the other day that really blessed me you know like those two people that are standing and there's a nine and a six is depending on what side of the, the 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 number you're standing that really blessed me because I can get caught up in only seeing it from my side of the room And then as moms, wives, women, I told you when I got delivered, when my husband had the courage to stand in front of me in our seven years or so of marriage and look me in my face and say to me, you are not always right. 
Those were curse words, but I had to submit. And that day I got delivered. So one more question. I don't think we're going to get, none of you had questions, did you? No. Okay, you didn't. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so here's my last Wait a question. Minute, hold on. Does anybody have questions? Not yet. Raise your hands. One. One okay, question. Okay, okay, okay. So y'all answered this two, one three, quickly. Two, three, four. There you go. Y'all answered this one quickly. Okay. Quickly. Quickly. Okay. Okay. So you have a filter for our family, a way you see it. Give us, give me one thing you think we need to do as a family that gets us further ahead in our journey. Okay. One, one thing you think we need to do as a family. A one thing you even think a person in our family needs to do. Oh, no. oh let's do that. Let's oh, get no, real. No, no, let's do no, it. No. Yeah, let's do it. No. Let's do it. Mom said no. no. I mean, if you, I don't think that's wise. We in there. I don't think that's wise. She don't think we should do Doesn't that in front that's of wise. people. Okay, I'll go first. So then. one thing in the family, the whole family, Most not definitely. one person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless it's me. You can tell me. <laughs> Shoot, I got a list. No, I'm kidding. Um, one. I'm hur kidding. Hurry up. The one thing that I know that we have been practicing, and I'll, I'll, I'll have to piggyback, is that we allow ourselves to feel angry and to feel frustrated in the family and we communicate through it. That's, the, that's, that's extremely important. Um, but the biggest thing for me that we do is we always say sorry. What do we need to do? We need to say it more often. We need to say we're sorry more often? We need to apologize more often without the other person seeking it. Okay. I apologize, that hurts your feelings. Not wait until they sulk and it takes a couple days and like, okay, I'm sorry, and then get upset with the person because they don't accept your apology. What you did hurt me, so if I accept it, that's a choice. And we all need to do that. I know I need to. I would say, because I'm very, I'm a truly inquisitive person and I'm the type to get to, I get to my conclusions by asking questions. I think, hmm. and I think that irritates people sometimes because I'll ask them a question and then they answer it and then they fluff it and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and then because I'm I'm trying to ask another question and maybe that's and I'm sorry maybe that's so what, what should we I'm sorry I just had to say all this am I fluffing okay um, did you just I throw up your dad I would like for people <laughs> huh did I what just raise your voice sorry I think. What we can work on is. Uh, can I be honest? That was an honest display. Yeah. Like that's not a joke. Like you guys think that's funny? Like that's for real. Like that's it in practice. That was real. Okay, I just want to make sure. <laughs> oh yeah, Pasanel will not allow them to raise so, their voice in a certain sense. Yeah, but let us raise our voice at our mama. What you mean? But that's I like, it didn't. I want them to be themselves so I can know where they're at. I know I'm dad, whether you call me dad or not. I know who I am. That so. amazes me though, like. Kids that yell at their mom, that's just like, no. that, like, <laughs> you, yeah, <laughs> Did you finish? No. no I apologize. Um, I think um, for me, the big, I guess what you guys can do for me is just understand that when I'm asking questions, I am looking for something. And also that I want, I want like a conclusion. <laughs> like, I want some, like, when I'm asking you a question, I'm not asking that just to start a conversation. Like, I really want to know, You like, don't really want to talk. The answer. You don't really want to talk when you ask a question. That is how I'm talking. It's she interesting. And I want, and I want something at the end of my question. I'm like, that was my question. This is what they gave me. And it makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. Not, not like a whole bunch of like, well, I don't know. Or like, 
well, maybe it doesn't make sense. Maybe it will never make sense. No. <laughs> Does that make sense? So if you guys could help me Ooh. by just trying to understand that Callie is asking me something, so let me at least do my best to give her a response. And that's why we have to circle back around to you all the time. Because you'll ask us a life question we don't have an answer to. Because <laughs> faith doesn't work in yes and no. We don't know. I agree. Right. But I understand where you're coming from. Okay. Uh, mine, thing. mine has been for probably the, specifically the last five years is, y'all not going to believe I'm going to say this, keeping the family together in this light, in this light. As, your, uh, as our kids have grown older, it is very important to me that the core value of staying together, Ooh. even in distance, not just for the sake of looking at us, but that Josh in his journey, Callie in her journey, you, you, you understand how when they begin to age, you know, they're not always upstairs where you know and that we don't let the gap of life and aging put too much distance between us that we don't keep our continuity of the family as, the, as Bishop Strong would say, the main thing. So what can we work on? Staying together. And that staying together is talking, and literally being together uh, and making the effort to really stay at the dinner table, uh, watching movies, cleaning the house together, whatever that is, that we don't allow aging and young adulthood and going after your own life to put too much distance between us. Amen. That's good. The, the one thing we need to do more of and better and build a structure for, we need to expand the infrastructure of our family so that we have space for others to join it. Oh, Lord, let us pray. Father, in the no, name no, no, of Jesus. No, 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 no. We don't need no Bible. That's, no, we don't need no Bible. No, we don't. This ain't, we really this don't. ain't Bible. No. Because okay. a lot of those spaces where people were are scars, and there's a lot of scar tissue there. So I totally understand where you're coming from. Yeah, yeah right. I'm going to help you. Hold up. You're going to get married. You're going to get married. You, you, you're going to be married till I die at least. But <laughs> we have to build infrastructure because you're not going to marry a Rudy Poot. They don't know Rudy, Rudy, you're not going to marry a person that, you're going to marry a person that has a dream, a calling, and you're going to marry a man that's super anointed, has gifts and skills. He's not going to be sitting around playing Xbox all day. Okay? So, but if our family, no way what? Okay. So what we have to do, what we have to do intentionally are you paying attention I'm to here, me bro. at all? I'm here. Yes. You've been laughing the whole time you've yeah. been talking. <laughs> we have to be intentional about building space for them. Yes. Or when they come, we can reject them. Yes. 
because we are a clique. Oh, that'll teach. I like that. So, That's so good. We, we have to be intentional because I don't want Callie's husband to come into my family and I don't at least have a place he can build his life in my family. I want him to feel, because I don't want him taking you to New York. I want him, if he's in New York, I want him to say, the Williams family's got something going on. I want to take my gifts and put them in the Williams family. Taking my talents to Omaha. Taking my talents Let's to Omaha. <laughs> yeah. That's so dope. Sorry. That's so dope. And the same for your wife. That's so cool. I'm not trying to spend 20 years with this in-law thing, babies all over the place. You got to go over there, then you got to go over here, then you got to go over there for Thanksgiving and Christmas, and everybody's split up. We got to be together. But if we don't intentionally build that infrastructure, then that, those people coming into our lives won't have any place to hang on to. So that's what I'm going to be working on. That's good. I like it. And if any of you guys have done that, please advise. <laughs> okay? Advise us if, if, if you have let someone into your family as an in-law. And you did it good now. And it worked, and it yeah. still works to this day, and there's fruit. Let us know. You can teach us. Please. Okay, so this is what we'll do. I hope this is not boring. I forgot y'all out there for a minute. Uh, were there, Catlin, come up. Do you have a legitimate question? And we're, gonna, we're, we're probably only going to take... To a legitimate person, a question to a legitimate person. Catlin, why don't you come in the middle? I know it's in no, the camera. They're on both sides. They're good. Uh, I don't want two sides. Ooh, Raise that could high, be. Oh, you got two sides now? Okay, quick. You need, if you got a question. If you don't, fine. We'll just move on. Okay. Good morning, Pastor. Hey. Um, my question is, you mentioned earlier that you get to a point where you say, this is what we're doing. Um, what happens right before, what, what, are your, what is your decision that you make right before you make that decision? And then how does the family feel when you say this is what we're doing? Wow. You're saying if we don't agree, how do we feel? No, he's just yeah. asking what happens before you get to the point, this yeah. is what we're doing. But he said, what does the family feel? Afterwards. Um, the way I feel. Hold on, wait a minute. He has to answer first, though. He does? He has to. Is that That's the first question. Okay, this pastor. <laughs> <laughs> Typically in our family, it's not a surprise what we're doing because I started talking to him in her womb and the vision has never changed. So the next thing I say, okay, guys, this is what we're doing. This is where we're investing. This is where we're going to be doing our stuff. They're usually like, okay, we understand that because this is our family vision. This is our family statement. This is what this is. But explain to us, this is a little different. So I just explain it. But typically it just follows suit to what we've already been doing. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I think, I don't know. I, I think we just have an underlying basis of trust. Right. Like, for real. And I don't just throw that word. I mean trust. Like, even if, I, I don't know. Let me speak for myself. I just trust my father and my mother. I would agree that trust is built on history and experience. Um, you have built a track record. He is not a wishy-washy guy and he moves in a, at a calculating pace and of course 
ever since I've known Martin, even in college, the foundation of his decisions from his mother and father and all those people before him has been built on the word of God. So I've had the privilege, and I'm so blessed, I realize that, that this model is not, it, to me, is very rare. So I, the history, when he speaks, it's no doubt this man has done his homework. Yeah. And, I'll, and I'll say that I'll, right there is really sexy. And it's selfless. <laughs> and it's yeah, selfless. Yeah, right dang. It, it is very selfless. Oh, it's very geez. selfless. So, Ron, what I'll say is that our family is built on our losses because our wins, people define us by our wins, but we've lost a lot. Um, and we have a lot of scars in places where we did trust and it failed, but we never lost trust. So now, Dad could say we're going to the moon next year. And based off of how big we've failed and God has walked us through that, there's nothing that we could fail that's too big to get through. Can I say one more thing? I'm sorry. And I also think there's no doubt in our mind that, like, our dad, when he's making a move, it's for us. Like, some dads, I think, selfless. Like, they'll be like, mm, he might just want to make that deal because it's going to make him look good. Yeah. Or the mayor is going to talk to him and put him on the poster. My dad makes ev I mean, every That decision. I know of, it's for all four of us. And Aunt Pearl and my grandparents, like, it's for our longevity, period. Right. And the biggest thing about dad is, like, Whoa. he's like McDonald's. We all eat. What? But in order for us all to eat, there has to be somebody that eats in public. Like, we all can't be in front of the camera. We all can't be the showman. If a brand has to have one brand ambassador, I'm not that person right now. That's why I say I am a pastor in this church. But he's the one that eats, and he brings the bacon home. So the biggest thing is that people think that he's trying to do this thing, and Pastor Martin has his big head. No, he brings it back to the house. He does have a big head. No, he does not. No, did you, don't miss what I, did you Deacon hear what I Ellington, said? give the girl okay. the mic. Come on. All right, you heard what I said. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good morning. Thank you guys for sharing um, so many nuggets of, of wisdom here. I wrote my question down so I wouldn't mispronounce it or misstate it. Um, how would you advise a person or family to course correct in order to start establishing these similar standards and build a culture of transparency, trust, and honesty when their family is more matured? Hot dog, I'm going to give him a scripture. How can a young man cleanse his way? How can a young woman correct her course? By obeying every word of God. Everything you need to do to course correct, change, build your foundation is really in scripture. But, but yeah. most definitely, it's in scripture. But, and, and the application of that, I think we need to give some steps of how to use the word of God. Because people will use the word of God and say, don't spare the rod. And literally, okay. like, beat and their children. So this, is so, how you, gotta, so, th so this is how you do it. Or I'm not going to give maybe give them this 10 minutes. Hey, you, you, the, you the man. What do you want to do? So, so if you want to correct your life, I'll give you a practicality. Every, every, everybody needs... Everybody needs at least three things to correct their course. You need a revelation. You need new information. Someone has to open your mind and say, why are you doing that? You need a revelation. You need a real example. You need someone who can not just tell you it, but show you it. 
So you have to walk with someone who can show you how to discipline. And then everyone needs a relevant community in which to practice. And that's what AWC is. It's not just a hangout place. That's not why it was designed. So when people complain that we're in your business, that's what we do here. That's what we're trying to do. We're, if you're not looking for that, we get it, but that's who we is. So uh, you need a revelation. You need a real example. You can see and feel and touch. And you need a relevant community or culture in which to practice it. That's how you change your course. Because uh, how many of you, when you came here, you dressed a certain way and then you changed? Without thinking about it. Without thinking about it. Every culture has a culture. You just kind of do it. So that would be my answer. And, that's the, and, and all an answer? three of those can be found in this community of believers. And I would say the, the teaching, the fabulous five, a faith builder, a form shaper, fitness coach, financial mentor, and family model, those things are real. And Josh was saying that's application right there. But I wouldn't be in church if I wasn't going to do church. When I say church, I mean live the stuff you hear because I don't, I think I just don't get it when we come to church and leave the church knowing we're not going to do what we just heard. Equity. Ain't no skin in the game. I'm telling you, we are defeating our forward movement when we don't apply the word of God. Be ye doers of the word and not just hearers only. Anybody right now, your value will go up. If you, everybody in this room, including me, if we make up our mind to commit to the things that we hear and to do them. And um, I think to get to Dad's first point, like to get to your revelation, I think if you're trying to change the structure of your family and how you communicate, communication starts with you. And I, it, like, legitimately you every before you speak you think about yourself mm. and your heart and i think that gives you the realization or the revelation okay. like because the best way that you're going to communicate or find out how to make someone communicate is if everyone comes to the conversation already with their self in the back like with their self not as a priority so i think your revelation comes by first you working on yourself because that's what i've had to do like yes. kelly you're not always right and Callie, like, like you just, I think it just starts with you, like real work. Because I didn't like to talk. I know people in here can tell you right now, my attitude used to be sky high. If I wasn't talking to you, I wasn't talking to you. If I didn't want to smile at you, I didn't want to smile at you. I had to turn all the way inside. Transformation. I'm trying to tell you, yeah. <laughs> then to revelation. I think. Um, so I have a couple. The first is, thank you. The first is for you can you can sit. Yeah, the entire family has to get over the thought of holding offenses, because you won't move forward if there's stuff in the room that's still alive. Um, and it's I don't know what it is about parents or even older people that don't want to share where you came from, but knowing what you went through frees us as a family because even when you're you're dead and gone, you're still here. We carry your bones, but if your bones are diseased and you never told us what was on them, it, they'll kill us too while we're carrying you. Um, the second is. Uh, where we, everybody in the, in the family has to agree that where we are isn't where we end. So if everybody in the family is like, man, we're moving forward, and the matriarch or the patriarch is like, no, I'm good where we are, 
At some cases, you got to leave those folks, and it sucks having to leave family. Third, um, everyone has to have a desperate want to be together. Do you want me to stop? I'm done. Oh, you had a question. I'm done. I'm sorry. Yes. Okay. I'm sorry. I interrupted you, didn't I? You did, but it's okay. If you want to move on, you keep no. okay. Brain has a question. The third is that there has to be a desperate want to win by the entire family because everybody's played on a team with somebody that can't shoot. So if you can't shoot, you need to pour water. We don't give you the ball. Everybody needs a family member that executes. He's the only one that executes because he's the only one that could do it well. And the fourth thing is that you can't be afraid to be the champion of your family. God only spoke to one person in a lot of the stories in the Bible, and their families were jacked up. But if that one person didn't decide to put the crown on and be the champion, their family would have stayed where it's at. So if God has talked to you and you feel, if you're the only person that has the revelation, you're enough. God's gr I can't teach this, but God's grace is enough. It's proficient just for you. Moses led a nation. Your family is a nation. So if God has told you you're not supposed to be here, even if nobody else hears it, keep moving forward. And can I just say this quickly? As the head of the house, I'm, sp I'm specifically talking about the family unit that looks like there's a mom and a dad in the house. Take courage as the head of the house in the male uh, role because I truly believe we as family, we want to be led. And as Dr. Miles would say, we just want to know where are we going. And it, it is the same thing uh, for single home parents, either male or female, same thing. Take courage. Mr. Duane. With four different and very strong personalities, how did you as parents coach your family about at his age? How did you walk them through this is strong, this is strong, but how do we coach them through this rough time of I hate you, I hate you, but you know they don't really hate each other. What did you do as a parent? The biggest, the biggest thing you can do as a father is, or as a family is create an environment where number one, everyone can say what they feel at home. They can just say, what they feel, right? But it's built on this foundation. This foundation, because you gotta help, you gotta help your kids understand who they are. So, Josh, I hate you. Callie, I hate you. Wonderful. Which we've never said. Never said. Never said. Okay. I should use a relevant example so they don't think you do that. You, you get on my nerves. I can't stand you, you get on my nerves. Okay. I'm like, wow, that's interesting. So what happened today to you, Josh, while Callie's standing there? So now he has to explain what happened to him, where he is. What's the point? I want her to understand what he's saying, that it's really about him and not her. So he can say, I don't stand you. I can't. I can't stand you. At the end of it, Callie would be able to look at him and say, oh, you're coming from, I'm not listening to you. You're not communicating well. I'm not hearing you. It's not that I can't stand you. It's something going on in Josh, and it, she's not responding well to it. So now that she understands that, that all changes by itself because she knows who he is, not what he's, right. hear what I'm saying, 
not what I'm saying. I would say. So if, if your kids know one another, they'll grow up knowing one another. And you won't have to fix it no more. You'll be just, just watching. Oh, real quick. Because a lot of kids, they're being taught to get over it and just yeah, to forgive. Not in your of, house. A lot, of, a lot of people, a lot of brothers, sisters, and siblings don't know one another. So time served makes us brother and sister, but you don't even know me. Wow. Like, you don't know me. Right. You don't even know my favorite color. You don't, you don't even know my birthday. Not in the sense of giving me a present, but you don't, you don't know me. We've been in the same house for 26 years, but you don't, you don't know me. And at the end of the day, one thing that dad always said is that when we're dead, you, that's going to be your only resource. So you got to figure this out. And it's a lot easier to be offended by someone you don't know. Like, because you say something to me, I'm just like, mm, something happened to my brother today. Because, like, my brother isn't like that. Like, but if I don't know you, it's like. Because right. it gives context to the blow up. So if I were to come home wasted, drunk, and, like, off my rocker, the first thing you would say is not, dude, what's wrong with you? The first thing would be like, hey, what's going on? Because you know me. This is not you. Because I know her. I know her soul. Like, I know her soul. Like, but I know, you, like, you, learned, you learned that in the house. I had to learn at two, stay, but I need to learn two. Just stay together. Because we couldn't be quiet. Hey, can I Because can <laughs> you I made this? us talk. Use your words. Use your words. Uh, I think uh, defining points are, I think children are developed from the type of parent we are. From the very, very beginning, because they are, they are looking at us as the only other human spirit that they know. So how we behaved in the home and in front of them and raising them and communicating was their example, even without a manual. So I, I just know that parenting <laughs> is key to how a child will develop. So when we made a commitment, there will be no divorce among us. Period. So that, that sort of closed the back gates of a lot of social ills. So our kids were birthed and brought up in our family, we were real people, we had to talk, and a lot of things that they are not today is because of the parents we chose that we, we based our parenting a lot on, I don't want that in my family. Even though if it was in my house or other people, we, we began to model what we, off of what we didn't want to what we wanted. And that was, we wanted a house where Everybody felt comfortable talking, and it wouldn't be, wouldn't be looked at as disrespectful because it's the how you talk. And I think one thing, and, like, my friends will be like, yeah, my, my parents used to yell all the time. I'd hear them argue all the time when I was little or even now, and I'm like, I don't even know what that's like. Like, when we have conversations, we never yell at each other because that's just never been the culture of our house. I've never heard my parents yell, and I'm sure they've had real conversations. Mm -hmm. Real. And another thing is that they don't, they don't retreat to their bedroom to have conversations. Okay, they have it in front of us, which is awesome because it teaches us how to do it. If that helps. And now we get to call them down to be mediators. That's, that's so much fun. I'm not sure that's always good. No. Probably not. Because when they take sides, there becomes an that's issue. Fine. Can y'all give me 10 minutes? Yes. I mean, really? Yes. Okay. You want to stay up here with you? Just sit, just sit, because we don't have time to rearrange nothing. I was hoping you said that. Stay together. Go ahead. Stay together. Stay together. Stay together. Let's go. 
Yeah, you should go to the you should go to the butler's house when the boys were little. They would fight and put holes in the walls. But you know that's 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 how you build. Don't be ashamed of what happens in your house. And then kiss and make up like like nothing happened. It's your house. And they would There's join gonna, you in too. Okay, hold up. This is what I want to share with you. Y'all listening? Hang on. So I want them to put this scripture up for you because I want to I want to show you something. David, King David had King David had 23 children by eight wives. <laughs> 23 children by eight wives. 22, 22 boys and one girl by the name of Tamar. In 1 Chronicles 3, 1 through 9 is the chronicle of his story if you could look inside of it. Here, here is what it reads. Now these were the sons of David who were born to him in Hebron. Say Hebron or Hebron. <laughs> okay. And it names all the sons born in Hebron. I want you to put an underline under the name Amnon. So these are the boys that were born to David while he was fighting. So he was out fighting, coming home, hitting and missing with his wife, producing babies, but he wasn't raising them. Okay? When you go down to the, the, the third verse, it says, The third son, Absalom, the son of Micah, the daughter of Tamar. These, these are all the children, if you, if you go down... They, these were children born to him seven years and six months, and in Jerusalem, in Jerusalem, he reigned. So he's not in Hebron now. He's in Jerusalem giving birth to more sons. In this stage of his life, he's still fighting but not running from Saul, but now he's raising these boys in a different place in his life. He was there, but he was king. So the first boys were born, he's fighting all the time, fighting enemies, fighting, coming home. Brother, he's out trying to get a job, beating the pavement, he got three jobs, he's trying to work it out, sister. He's just trying to just make some money, fighting for his life. Second stage, he's king now, he's ruling, so he's sitting on a throne. You stay real busy when you're at top. You don't really have to learn how to manage money when you're broke. Get a million dollars, your life will change. Full-time job, (laughs) managing money. Yeah. No, that's, I'm sorry. I'm usually down there. Okay. So verse 5, in verse 5, these children were the ones that were born in Jerusalem after he became king. And there's a list there. So when you go up on this list, can I, can I just talk to you? When you go up on this list, I want to talk to you about the first sons. Amnon assaulted and raped his own sister, David's son. He raped his own sister, Tamar. Absalom defied his father and tried to kill David. And he was killed by his own nephew. This is family stuff. Can we talk? Now, uh, uh, Adonijah, born later in David's life, respected his father as king. But he wanted his father's throne. So while David was dying, he went and put himself on the throne in the family. Then the last boy, Solomon, while David was at home, he was at peace. And his last set of children, he raised them as a father. He was in their life. He was at the baseball games. He walked with Solomon. He fished with Solomon. Solomon would be the one to take the throne because of the atmosphere David had finally built in his home. So even if we're trying to make it happen, single mom, 
It's the atmosphere, single dad, grandparents, foster kids, whatever it's like. You want to build a culture in your home where the children are being raised. You can still have three jobs, but your point is raising your children. Because if you don't raise them, those kids will come back to eat you. They will eat you. They will eat your life, they'll eat your money, they'll eat your time. You'll be chasing them down from courthouse to courthouse, paying their bills, and you'll forget the rest of your life and your calling. So that culture, okay, so can I tell you about a few more? So so is the word intentional, parenting? It's intentional. And it's work. So so, so here we go. Let me show you something. Adam's family. Adam and Eve ate their way out of house and home. Their, bro- their son killed his brother. <laughs> Are y'all with me? Yes. Noah's family. <laughs> Noah saved the world, got in a boat, went and saved everyone, but he got drunk. One of his sons despised him and talked about it. Noah woke up and cursed his own boy. How dumb. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> cursed his own son, which they never saw Again, he didn't understand how to keep his family together. Abraham's family. God promised Abraham a child. He could not wait, couldn't believe God, brother, had sex with his wife's servant, gave birth to a rival nation. Lot's family. (laughs) Y'all don't understand Lot. The angels from God came to visit Lot. The homosexual gang from the city said there's new men in the city. Send them out so we can have sex with them. Lot, this foolish person, said to the men, take all my daughters instead. He sent his girls out of the house to have sex with a bunch of homosexual men. No. You shoot people who want to take advantage of your daughter. I'm sorry. <laughs> Listen, brother, somebody, your daughter, whoever has the gold is king. And your daughters are gold. Guard them with your Life, you lay your life down so that girl can go home to her mama. Do y'all hear me? Leave your daughter out there to try to find her way. Getting rides from people she's got to pay later on with sex. Come on! Sorry. Come on! Isaac's family. (laughs) Isaac's wife and son tricked him into giving the birthright and the blessing to Jacob. This is family, folks. Jacob's family. Jacob's 11 boys agreed together to kill their brother Joseph. How do you get 11 boys to agree to kill their brother? And then at the end of the day, one boy, Reuben, said, let's not kill him. Let's just throw him in the pit. 
I just told you about King David, not going to mess with it. Solomon. Solomon, the smartest guy in the world, had a palace full of 1,000 wives and concubines. What do you say? David, Paul looked at family and said, you know what? I read y'all's Bible. I know how hard this is going to be. So never mind. I'm not getting married. Read your Bible. He said, I'm not doing it. This is too much. This is hard. I'm not going to get married, and I'm not going to have any kids. <laughs> He's laughing at Jason. I'm not going to get married. I'm not going to have kids because if I do, I won't finish my calling. That's your Bible, ladies and gentlemen. That's what's in it. Why would I do all that? I did all that to say this to you. The next time you go home and you're sitting with your family and you say from your perspective and your filter, this family's in trouble. How could God ever use this family? We're dysfunctional. This thing is falling apart. I want to tell you what to do. Just stay together. Abraham, from all those mistakes, still became the father of the faith. Noah, with all those problems, still repopulated the earth. Jacob, even though he tricked his father, still gave birth to the 12 tribes of Israel. No matter where your family is right now, you have a lens of whatever is going on Whatever we have suffered, whatever mistakes we have made, we're going to keep working on our family. And if you do that, ladies and gentlemen, if you can see your family through the eyes of an eternal resurrected calling, eternal, say eternal. Your family's not what you see today. One day your grandkids, your great-grandkids, your great-great-grandkids are going to do something that's going to so please God that you're going to be written in God's genealogy book. The son of Martin. He's really not my son. He was Callie's great-great-great-grandson. But it gets to start with me. You may be holding a child and raising a child that you're not even sure is yours. You may be struggling in a home that's a sexless home or a home where there's no communication. You may be sobbing in your pillow alone at night, raising a family singly. You may be a foster mom taking care of other people's children. I'm saying to you, your family matters you're not married yet you don't have children yet you may be sitting here and you're the only family you know 
we don't, we don't know where you are. I'm just saying, make your filter a filter of hope. And stay together. Fuss and fighting, misunderstanding. Just stay together. So I wanna I wanna I wanna end this series by did you have something, babe? Your intentional piece is uh, to all of our unmarried individuals. The question about how do you do it, how do you recover afterwards, is really how do you start? Make up in your minds today to see the original family model from the creator's point of view. Therefore, you won't engage in certain things that could start a family outside of the model that God intended. So make that a, a takeaway, an intentional foundation. How you want to start the family is in your power. Woman, man, boy, girl, every decision. So, so the intent today is that you, not your wife, you, not your husband, you're the mom, not the kids. You're the father, not the children, but just you, you. Decide to take on the perspective of how you decide to see your family. Don't leave that up to your husband or your wife or the kids. You make a decision. This is how I see it. This is how I'm going to see my life. Because everything you get in your life is going to be attracted to how you see it everything. Is this too solemn for you? Okay. Because there's a, there's a nation in every one of us. As a young boy, I was raised by a single mom and we weren't even her children. She gave up her life for the four of us. And we'd be asked all the time, is your family gonna make it? It's rough for y'all, isn't it? We didn't know it was rough for us because there was a lady that laid down her life we were feeding on. We were feeding on her life. But I'm telling you right now, Hagar raised Ishmael and made him a king. single mom out in the woods <laughs> made a king out of a boy that became what they call illegitimate and because I'm a product of that you can never tell me what a woman can't do ain't no way you have lost your ever loving mind if you think she is at a disadvantage because there's not a man in the house Restoration has to happen. Now, these are the two things I want you to do for me. This may be your altar call. A couple things I want you to do for me. I want you to write down 
every Sunday in February, go ahead and go to your calendar and say, I have to be in church in February. Because February, we're going to teach a family series. It's going to be best, the best of all time. And we're calling it All In. All In the Family, All In. It's going to be an amazing time. The second thing I want you to do, and you can blame whoever's at home, blame it on me. Okay? Even if they don't go to this church, go home. Sit down with your family. Sit down with who stays with you and ask them, how do you see our family? Ask your kids. You'll be surprised what they say. <laughs> Ask everybody in the house, how do, what's your filter? How do you see our family? What do you think about our family from your point of view? Well, mom, can I really be honest with you? Please, sweetheart, be honest with me. Tell me how you see our family from your perspective. While you ask this question, let me tell you how to listen. Do not interrupt as they're talking to you. Don't make any faces as they're talking to you. Look them in the eye. And number three, try to listen to their soul, not just their words. Because a two-year-old will say, y'all are mean. But you just have to understand the two-year-old, right? I just think y'all mean. It's just all about perspective, right? Now, because we don't always know who's sitting in here today, and, and what's happening today, you know, on snow day, you, don't, you just don't know, but this is what I know on snow days and rainy days. Most people who come to church when it's snowing, it's because they just really want to be there. And if they really want to be here, I want to make sure they at least get, an, uh, there's an attempt for them to get what they came to get. So let's stand on our feet. We'll end this way.